Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Joyce by Chance, the show where we come and talk all things movies, TV, streaming, uh, every, everything else under the sun. And uh, this week, uh, we're coming out with one a bit late. Uh, this one is going to supposed to be our, actually not supposed to be, it is our 15th anniversary episode. And we are looking at 2006's Pan's Labyrinth, which, correct me wrong, this, this is our first foreign film, right? Uh, well, if you want to count Princess Mononoke, okay, as a, like anime. Right. Sad, I mean, first movie, movie, yeah. foreign, foreign language. We we, we, we both watched no. that. We both watched that in English. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. We cheated. We did cheat. But the but the dubs for Ghibli are generally pretty pretty good. So. Yeah. I felt I felt fine doing that. Yeah. It's not like watching the. Have you heard of that Netflix show Lupin? No, I've heard of it. But you, you have you've heard of it. You haven't seen it though, right? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, uh, I've I've seen a couple episodes of it. It's actually it's actually a really good show. Yeah. Uh, but like I try to watch, watch the dub just to see what it sounds like. Oh my god, it's awful. That's bad. It's like the it's only like, one we're watching right now. We're we're watching the center. Which one is that? One with Bill Pullman. Oh, Jessica Biel's in it. Right. Um, okay. So we're one episode away from finishing season two. So one and two, there are eight episodes a season. Right. So uh, so you got one, two, and then they just released three. So we're one episode away from finishing the second season, and I think we're one episode away from finishing at Hotel uh, Cecil. I don't know what that one is either. Though it's a new like documentary, uh, like it's documentary came out. The one remember that Lisa Lamb that di- uh, disappeared from uh, from the Hotel Cecil. Like they had an elevator uh, footage cam on her, right? Okay. And they, they didn't know what happened to her. That's basically what this this pretty much follows. It's actually really good so far. Okay, all right. Maybe maybe, maybe I'll give it uh, give it a shot at some point. <laughs> Couple uh, little, yeah, yeah. But for right now, we have our usual segments. We have a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, first of first of which is our weekly trailer discussion. There's, there's, there's a football trade thing. We'll get to that when we get to Notorious News. But for right now, we have our weekly trailer talk. Uh, first trailer we're talking about is for one that dropped, I think, like the day after we recorded our, our last episode. Okay. Uh, uh, we're talking about, of course, the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, yeah, this could be highly anticipated, full Zack Snyder version of the Justice League. Justice League movie that of course was taken over by uh you know wb and joss whedon which I, i'm sure we'll, we'll get to that one day when we eventually review it uh here's the thing though <laughs> for being a four and a, a four hour movie it looks like a lot of this shit is gonna be stuff we saw in the original <laughs> yeah it did it looked like we revisited some things that we we obviously saw in the original yeah but like and, it, uh, it, it, it makes me curious like how like what exactly is new in this thing but also if 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 you if you throw on the fence, if you definitely want to decide if you want if you don't want to see it or not. Guess who's back? Oh, man, Jared Leto. Don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, uh, but no. Him being back is one thing. His first line, however, that made me be like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> like literally, his very first line in the trailer, maybe in the movie, I'm not sure, but the first line he says is, "We live in a society." <laughs> I, I had to like rewind the trailer, but it's like no, he did not. He did not say the line we've been memeing for the past like five years. Yeah, like you got like you got to be shitting me, but yeah. 
But as someone who is like looking forward to Jackson, Jackson, Justice League, I'm talking about you, not me, of course. Um, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, you know, did this did this do more to sell you in the first trailer, or were you, I, mean, I know you're already sold, but like, what did you think of the second trailer? I mean, I liked it. I mean, we obviously do get some more, you know, things in there that are added. Um, I do like uh, what Steppenwolf looks a lot crisper, a little less shittier looking. Um, a little less. A little less. I mean, again, this is far from like a perfect, you know, villain, but whatever. Uh, like, we'll take what we can get. Um, I just don't like the addition of I don't like the addition of Joker. I don't really think that we really need him at all. I, I I'm, um, I'm I'm betting it right now. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like set in stone. I'm just betting it. I really bet all that, like future apocalypse like Mad Max ish stuff. I'm willing to yeah. bet that takes up like an hour of the movie. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you got four hours. You have four to, hours. To, Where's to, that time coming play from? With. I mean, you got to get somewhere. So, I mean, you got to add an hour and a half to what was already a long movie to begin with. BBS with what, like two and a half hours, I think. Two forty-ish. Keep in mind, the first Justice League was under two hours, so this is already yeah. double the amount of time that the that the original one was. I mean, I'm just hoping that you know Snyder gets all of his vision on on the screen, and then we can just kind of put that baby to bed and be like, you know what, this was it. You know, this was a fun time. You know, either or was it a great time or was it a bad time? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, you know, excited about it. I really haven't, like, you know, you know, uh, drifted away from that. But uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. I just don't, I don't see why we need to bring the Joker into it. It's kind of one of those things where I'm kind of like shaking my head at. But I mean, whatever. We'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see if it makes sense in the actual context of the film. I'm betting no, but we'll see if it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next trailer we're talking about today is for a movie that was supposed to come out, I think, last year, but got pushed back. No, I'm sorry. It, w- it was always slated for this year, but now I think it's a plus original. Uh, it's the first trailer for Cruella. So Cruella continues a grand tradition of Maleficent, and they haven't done anybody else, have they? I think this is the only. I think this is the no, only one. Maleficent was the only one we really. Yeah. So uh, of uh, a villain-centric origin story movie, this one starring Emma Stone as the titular Cruella Deville. Uh, it's set in 1970s London, in which she plays a young fashion designer who's obsessed with dog skins. You with me? Um, <laughs> uh, who is basically finding herself at the mercy of an employer played by uh, Emma Thompson, basically kind of like Miranda Priestly in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, also features a cast. Uh, also features Joel Fry, uh, Paul Walter Howard is in the movie. Directed, uh, Mark Strong's in it. Directed by Craig Gillespie, who did I Tanya. Uh, this is weird because it looks like it looks like the Devil Wears Prada in like a seventies like pop, pop like punk rock setting. Yeah, with like a, it was almost like a comic origin story too, kind of mixed into it. I it's guess like, I'm Cruella. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, honest to God, though, I liked it. Really, I liked it. Yeah, wow. believe it or not, shocking because I always give a lot of shit to these uh, live action movies, but um, this one was just kind of like darker. For um for Disney and I think that Dis- it going straight to Disney Plus I think was a smarter move I don't know how actually that I actually I was wrong apparently this is going still going to theaters oh is it really okay yeah. um well anyway I I really think that this uh, transports better to Disney Plus than theaters probably um, that's just my that's just my take but again um, this, looked- this could be like Ray and the Last Dragon where they do like a simultaneous a day a day and date release on Plus yeah yeah so either or I mean I'll probably I'll obviously I'll probably just watch it on Disney Plus but that's just me. Um, I don't know. It looks fun though. I, I really did, and I think Emma Stone looks like she does a, you know, wonderful job in this. And we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I kind of like it. 
as uh, as twisted as the uh, trailer was. That's weird. You know? <laughs> coming coming from you, that's weird. It is. I mean, honestly, I was surprised watching. I'm like, yeah, I would go see that. Uh, and you know, I'm a hater on the on the live action remakes, oh, yeah. but this one it looked fun. It, it did. It looks it looks interesting, and yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested enough to go check it yeah. out. And like I said, I like I like I like Emma Stone. This is something she clearly wanted to do for whatever reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see how this goes. Um, again, set for a theatrical release May 28, 2021. I wouldn't be shocked if they call like a day and date for day and date for this one, like a premium, like 30 bucks on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's, it'll happen. Just give it time. Yeah, probably. Um, next piece of news we are to actually last trailer we're talking about. Uh, easily one that I am looking forward to the most out of these three. Uh, we have. We were wondering where it was for so long, but we now we got it. We had the first trailer for the new Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, this one directed by a uh, newcomer, Simon McCobb, produced by James Wan. Uh, this basically tells the story of a washed-up martial artist Plint named Cole Young, who we'll get to in a bit, uh, who is basically coming to this whole world of like this giant Mortal Kombat tournaments. <laughs> Uh, you know, where people are battling for you know the planet, battling Outworld, and so ton, tons of other things. You know, it's funny for a game that's basically like a, pre- a premise of like how bad can you beat the shit out of someone else. Yeah, the lore for this game, for the lore for this world, is surprisingly complicated. It is, yeah. Whereas it's really simplistic if you think about it. The the whole idea of the game, right? But like, like there are tons of characters, like yeah. the backstory. Oh yeah, 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 no, for sure. Like the, the 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 story itself is surprisingly complicated. Yeah, which it doesn't really need to be. It doesn't need to be, but I uh-huh. I think it's kind of what's apart from like other fighting games, like yeah, because like that that's what's apart from like Street Fighter or like Tekken. Yeah, where like you have this like whole like world, like whole mythology, and, like whole like uh, this whole like mythos around it, which I do like. I do like. I love Mortal Kombat. I love the games. Yeah, me too. I've been playing been playing all my life, but yeah, oh, we have a cat. We have a all star cast featuring uh, who we got? We got we got a. Uh, Tata Tadanobu Asano, we got Makad Brooks, Lodi Lin, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, Joe Taslim. A lot of people who are like, big in martial arts. <coughs> uh, teaching some of our favorite characters Mortal Kombat. We got, of course, Classic, you got Sub Zero, you got Scorpion, you got Raiden, you got Shang Tsung, Kano, Jax, uh, Sonya Blade. No Johnny Cage for some reason. I'm kind of kind of pissed about that, though, because Johnny Cage is like the, the moneymaker, you know what I mean? Here's the thing, though. Uh, the director, uh, I'm not sure if the director, someone who's involved with the project said he's not not in the movie. So he could be like a post credit scene or something. All right. What about, uh, th- are they going to put Reptile into? Because I always like Reptile. I think I saw Reptile in the trailer. I think Ka- I think we okay. see Kano fighting Reptile. Okay. Because I've always liked Reptile. Reptile was always like him and uh, uh, Sub-Zero, always my favorite like ninjas, I guess. But yeah. Would. So first, just first impression of the trailer. What did you think of the trailer for Mortal Kombat? I liked it, honestly. I liked it right from the beginning where you have... Uh, you know, uh, Sub Zero freezing. Uh, what was it? It would be what Jack? Was that Jax? That was Jax. Yeah, and then yeah, because that's how we see him lose his arms and, and go robot, robot, robotic arms, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm on I'm on board with it, man. I really I you know I've played shit. I I played Mortal Kombat back when it was on Sega. Uh, that's probably dating me a little bit, but uh, it came out you know uh, simultaneously with I, I think Super Nintendo and Sega came out at the same time. But I've always loved it, um, the transition of it just going through different platforms uh, with N64 and, you know, the later ones I probably kind of, like, flew out of because I was not playing. I wasn't a gamer then. But uh, looking forward to it, man. I I really am, though. I think it looks awesome. 
yeah, no, I think I think it looks I think it looks great. I think that it's, it looks like a brutal movie, which yeah, I mean, yeah. the only way you could do a, more, a Mortal Kombat movie, especially today, is make it rated R. You got to watch the Red Band trailer too, if you're listening, because they I watched the Red Band trailer. I don't know if the other trailer was had explosives. Did they, did they even it. have a, a Green Band trailer? Yeah, they had a Red Band trailer on it. Yeah. No, I, I know I know they had a Red Band. Did they have, did they have a green a Green Band? Oh, I have no idea. I have no. I idea. think it's just the Red just, Band. Like they they, they oh, know okay. they know who they're aiming at. Oh well, then I mean, well, shit. I I knew you you know how it is nowadays though. You know you never know what you're gonna get. Like a lot of people try to like, you know, suppress the bad. You know, so it's like exactly. Well, but it was awesome. I love how it ends with Kano ripping the dude's heart out. It's, it's Kano wins. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. It has all the you know the your favorite fatalities playing the game, and it just it's it, it looks fun. It does. Yeah, I mean, I think I like the translation of Scorpion and Sub Zero. Yeah, was like the get over here, dude. That was badass with he's taking that harpoon out or that whatever. Was, man, that, that was that pretty was sweet. sweet. Uh, but yeah, so the question, but like a big question I had going into this was what one question that came to my mind. Who the fuck is Cole Young? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. Like you're making this as like the titular character almost, like the main guy. Yeah, but like drop it, is he, so is he like your Liu Kang, I guess, in the in, in the No, but Liu Kang's here. Liu Kang is in this. Oh Liu Kang is okay, so is he like what? Is he supposed to be like a Johnny Cage character or what? I'm not like, sure. I don't get it. So I think there are a few different possibilities I've seen circulating around. <clears throat> Which first of all, I, I I didn't understand the need to make a new character because Mortal Kombat has such an expansive roster of fighters. It like, has enough, way way enough. Like you like you you could you could have made him Aaron Black. You could have made Aaron Black. You could have made him uh, Kenshi. You could have made him. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many characters you could have turned Louis Tan into except for making the <laughs> new one. But here's yeah. so here's what I think it is. So. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation that well the easy one is that this could be like. Like he's like a, a like a washed up martial arts fighter, so like he could be like going maybe at the end of the movie he goes he goes into acting and he's a stage name is Johnny Cage, which okay yeah I, I mean, I, okay no I, I hope not that's really that's really cheesy man that, that kind of blows your you have a whole entire movie that you could be like he could be doing shit you know what I mean like that's yeah. the thing like I I don't want them to waste that yeah but like yeah like if you're gonna have Johnny Cage just make him Johnny Cage I don't I, I, yeah. but I don't I don't think that's the case here's, here's what I think I think there's one of two possibilities so we see like one. So like in, I don't know if, if you're how familiar with the backstory, but in Mortal Kombat, there's a whole thing where like the whole reason that Scorpion Sub Zero have the rivalry is because Sub Big Scorpion thinks Sub Zero is responsible for the death of his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, find I out, remember that. Yeah, which we find out was uh, another one. I think Mortal Kombat Four was was uh, Quan Chi. It wasn't, wasn't even Sub Zero. Yeah, yeah. So the whole so I think there's one of two possibilities, and like there's a whole there's a whole like plot point where he Cole Young is being hunted down. By Sub Zero, okay. So I think that there's one two possibilities. One is that Cole Young is a descendant of Scorpion, maybe like his great grandson, okay. maybe his son, maybe like a long okay. lost nephew, something like that. Or the other possibility I think that he could be is in one of the more recent games, because in one, in one of the earlier games, like Sub Zero dies. Okay. Uh, I mean, except the sub, and that Sub Zero was like a really bad dude. Okay, but then like, you get replaced by another Sub Zero, and he's like a really good. You're like, what happened? We find out like that's the brother of the original Sub Zero. Oh, uh, so we might get this story that. Okay. So yeah, the, so he so he might be like the good, like the the other Sub Zero. Okay. Which I which I would I would be I would be pretty I'd be pretty cool with. I'd rather have that than than him come down he at John the end K- and find out oh. I am Johnny Cage. Like yeah, <laughs> you're starting I'd a movie. Like you need a stage name. What are you? Uh, Johnny. He looks. He looks at the octagon. Johnny Cage. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be awful. Yeah, I could I could see like them doing like something like that and it'd just be awful. But yeah, no, and like uh, the whole reason like I saw like the scorpion speculation because like there's a scene where like he's wearing like the scorpion colors, like his hand yeah. his hand tape is yellow and he's wearing like the all black. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a scene where like he's like looking in a mirror, like flashes the scorpion's face, and like okay, so he could, he could be like a scorpion descendant. I wonder how many you're gonna put in there too, because wasn't uh, I think Smoke was wasn't Smoke a uh, one of those ninjas too? Wasn't he like the Black Shadow? Yeah, there's Smoke. There's like the robot. Uh, Cyrax. Cyrax. The, uh, yeah. Cyrax, the yellow one that shot out the net. Yeah. Um, who's the red one that shot out the missiles? Oh, I for- I forgot. The... Wasn't there one that shot out the missiles? There was a red robot. Because it, it was, ju- it looked just like Cyrax. Yeah. I can't think of the Fuck name. Was it? It was, I, I, uh, I couldn't. Ermac. No. Wait, was er- it Ermac? Ermac? Er- no. Ermac's a sorcerer. Ermac's er- a ninja, isn't he? Uh, it's, okay. So yeah, though there was a er- there was an Ermac who was uh, a ninja. Yeah. But then he, then he got like magic and he became like. Oh, fuck. Who, who who was the who was the red robot? Because you. Because I remember there's like a ton outside of like Reptile, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero. There was a couple other, I think. Sector. Um, Sector is the Sector, other Sector, that's it. Yep, that's it. There we yep. go. But um, like I, I'm kind of curious who else who else they're going to put in the uh, in the movie from the game. I was talking to, to Mike uh, Kalinowski, who's also a Mortal Kombat fan. Uh, he, yeah. like, like, there's a shot in the trailer where like, the flaming dragon in the background. You see a dude with like the curved swords. He I said think, something about smoke. No, I think that's Kubal. Or was it? Or Kubal, that's right. Yeah, I saw his tweet on it or whatever. Yeah, and it happened. Oh, Kabbalah? No, Kabbalah? No, Kubal. Kubal? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious who they're going to, who else they're going to kind of throw into it. You know what I mean? Like, kind of what we, you know, we were both saying. They have such a vast array of characters. You know what I mean? Like, who, and like, they, they have so many that you don't even need to put them all in one movie. You know, you saw, obviously, saw Goro. Um, yeah, we saw Goro, which Goro's never looked better. Goro in a looks movie. badass. He looks, he looks sweet. awesome. I, I was so on board with that because, like, you know, obviously the forearms and, like, we could have completely got, like, out of hand on it. But it looked perfect, man. It okay. looked really good. He's per- perfect translation. Yeah. Uh, we saw we saw the, a statue of Shao Kahn. Yeah. So he'll probably be the villain in the sequel if this does well. I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, we saw, like, Shang Tsung. Melina's going to be in the movie. You got a bunch of women you could put in that, too, besides Sonya. You have, what, Kat- Katina? Or, Katana. Uh, Katana's not in Katana. it. Katana's Katana you could put in there. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I do wonder how this is doing as far as like views go. It's got to be getting a lot though. From like, or, like I would say probably like your age demographic, my age demographic, like kind of the ones that like I'd say I go between like twenties and like mid thirties, forties, like between twenty and forty, I think are the demographic that's going to go see this film. Right. Okay. So right yeah. now we're sitting at uh, most are pretty like saw in the million views. Like uh, uh, the one from the one on Warner Brothers has like four four point five million. That's still that's solid. 6.5 million on IGN. Yeah. 1.2 on another trailer uh trailer sites. I mean, this is a franchise that's been out for 20 years too, so I think that's I think I think that's pretty good. But yeah, if we get like a legit uh, like a legit like Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. I I'm on board, especially with the way they ended it with, you know, more Mortal Kombat Annihilation a couple minutes in you kill Johnny Cage like, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> what the hell? Why do you do that? Like it's so stupid. It was so bad too. It was so so bad. We're gonna have to visit that before the movie comes. I think we might have to give a give a visit to one of those movies. We might have. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. I think we should just. I think we should do. I think we should do a commentary with the annihilation. I think that'd be kind of fun. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, if I mean, I'm just saying. 
Just an idea. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but just, oh, boy, that's going to that's gonna, <laughs> I just don't want to su- suffer through that shit that, that, That's going to hurt, but yeah, we can do it. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat is set for an April 16th, 2021 release. Yeah, it should be fun, though. It looks fun. What are they doing? Is that a VOD or is that going straight to theaters? So that's that's uh, it's HBO Max, so they're doing the day and... Oh, the si- day, okay. Yeah, yeah, d- yeah, day and date release. That's right. Which I will definitely go see this in a theater. I'll go see it in a theater, too. That's a movie that I really think being... You know, immerse yourself into a theater would be a benefit for that. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I said, April twenty first, twenty. I was like, April sixteenth, twenty twenty one, when that's coming out. Uh, so that's gonna do it for our trailer talk. We now move on to notorious news. A lot of different things to talk about today. First of all, let's get the one football piece of news out of the way right now. Uh, Carson Wentz has escaped Philadelphia. <laughs> Or, not a surprise. Or, Orlando, did Phil- or did Philadelphia escape Carson Wentz? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, it's the era of Justin Fields now, so I think they're kind of. You think they're gonna pick up Fields? Or not Justin Fields? What the hell's the Jalen other? Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Jesus Lord. <laughs> I, I get all these these quarterbacks. No, Jalen Hurts. All the yeah, all these uh, quarterbacks get me confused here. No, I think it's the Jalen Hurts show now. I think for Philadelphia, I think they're kind of throw uh, throw their money into into that. Makes sense though. I mean, he's a very agile on his feet. He's a scrambler. He's a, he's a pretty decent passer. Yeah, dude. He needs some help. In the, he actually in the offense, wasn't. So. He actually wasn't like he wasn't too bad in the first the few games we saw him at the end of the season. Especially with the lack of talent that they had surrounding with the receiving core outside of Ertz. I mean, and Ertz wasn't earth shattering at tight end either because he's been ever since that one star studded year he had. He's been shit the, the last couple years. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Ertz. God, Goddard is the one who's picking up the slack. <laughs> dude. Dude, it's crazy, man, because it used to be the three. It was uh, Kittle, it was uh, Kelsey, and it was Ertz, man. Those were three, and now, like, Ertz sucks, dude. Ertz won't even be a top ten. I don't think he'd be a top ten tight end. No. No. Which is kind of sad, because, I mean, like I said a couple years ago, a tremendous year. Again, Goddard, it's like Goddard is the guy on that team now. Yeah. But it wasn't a surprise, uh Indianapolis landing him. Obviously, they got rid you know, Phillip Rivers retired. They, you know, they had one and done with him. Um, they had some luck there, obviously, got them to the playoffs. Uh, really helped that team out. Uh, they're a young team. So I, I think if we can get shades of the earlier Carson Wentz before the ACL, I think we could potentially, I mean, this could be a good, good, you know, uh, good relationship with the teams. You know what I mean? You're playing in a, a shittier division. You know, you're playing Jacksonville twice. You're playing, um, you know, you're playing the ten. I mean, Tennessee's t- Tennessee's a little bit tougher the, though. The but, but what I'm saying, you're playing an easier division, I think. The Texans and Houston and Houston sucks. So there's four wins right there between Jacksonville and uh, Houston that you can, you know, that's four wins right there for your team. I mean, it just depends. I mean, it just depends on what kind of uh, Indianapolis team, you know, Wentz, you know, creates around him. I would say. Uh, yeah, but I mean, maybe like a change. And keep in mind, uh, he's going to be under Frank Reich again who was his offensive coordinator yeah. for the beginning of his career. Yeah, so, I mean, and I think that consistency there obviously drove him to Indianapolis for sure. So if we can get shades of, you know, Carson Wentz earlier in the beginning of his career, it could be fun. It'd be a really fun team there in Indianapolis. Unless he breaks everything but everything by week five again. By Yeah, I mean, it just depends. I mean, because I heard, you know, I, I've read on, you know, multiple, uh, you know, news outlets and stuff like that. He's very hard to be a teammate with. Um, the one, uh, the one receiver, or whatever, has already said that he doesn't want to give up number eleven. Oh, Pittman. Uh, Pittman doesn't want to give up number eleven for, um, for Wentz. So I, I think that that in itself, I think, kind of says something. You know, when you get, 
you know, somebody who was in the league last, because I think this was only his second year. I think Wentz obviously has been in the league a lot longer. Well, yeah. a couple years longer. But still, that kind of shows you what, uh, you know, what others think of uh, Wentz as a teammate. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this could either go really well or very, or extremely poorly. <laughs> We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I I wish the best. I never had anything against them. I just I never like Philadelphia just in general. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it, the Indy has the team there. Obviously, you know we saw you know Philip Rivers take a team there ten and six or eleven and five or whatever take them to, to the playoffs. So uh, you know who knows. No, yeah, I mean I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely curious to see like how this team at the team I want to see how well they do next year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, something else we need to talk about because this is this is a story like we somehow just missed, and I am reading this. I don't know how why I decided because I never re- I never read into it because I misunderstood yeah. what it was. Yeah. So it's Army Hammer. <laughs> so yeah. it, a story came out in. I know I really liked the game on this one, but I'm sorry. I just, I just read it. I just I, I need to talk about it. Mr. Hammer will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. So basically. <laughs> There's a story that came out in January. I I, I saw like Am- Army Hammer Cannibal, like, 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 like Army Hammer Cannibal just was like okay, probably just like tweeted something that was a joke or, or like yeah. whatever. It's not until I read it's not until I read what happened. So it turns out multiple women accused came forward and accused Army Hammer of uh, various things, mostly abuse, but various kinds of abuse. Uh, like one of his girlfriends said he was manipulative and abusive during their relationship. Uh, another one, another girlfriend claimed that he branded her. <laughs> Like with yeah. with an A, a little, little crazy. Yeah, right. Like right near her. Yeah, spot. Uh, and, and the can- here's where the Campbell's part came in. Came into it. Uh, he said that he said that he seriously suggested, like not jokingly, like legitimately suggested that she have two of her ribs removed, of her lower ones removed, so she could eat them, or so he could eat them. Yeah, the the um, believe it or not, though the one. Uh, article I read or something like that had uh, dominatrix like somebody who was obviously like heavily into dominatrix and they said that it is common I guess for people that are into dominatrix to have that cannibalism side to really? them I guess yeah apparently here um, let me see if I can pull up that article yeah I was reading it because um, she said something about it uh, let me see here this was two hours ago on page six it says Hollywood dominatrix on army hammer leave cannibal kink to the pros um, basically it says, um, a top Hollywood dominatrix tells page six that though the actor is accused of crossing the line from fantasy to abuse, the desire to devour flesh is not an uncommon kink in the S and M world and can be channeled into safe consensual activities before it goes too far. And then it says, quote, I'm actually surprised by how shocked everyone is by it because it's really common, normal of any fetish is normal fantasy end quote said Jenna, Jenny Norbach, who has helped a-list actors and Tinseltown players safely explore their wildest fetishes. I would expect any professional dominatrix to have seen it regularly. So I guess apparently, like this lady, like kind of gets these A-list actors and kind of like they basically channel their cannibalism into a safer, healthier way. I, I have no idea from what I gathered from that. Wow. But apparently, it's common to to think that kind of stuff. So it's how it's you, really crazy. How do you get credentials at the top at the top five Hollywood dominatrix? I want to know that. Do you have to log so many hours? Yeah, like, how like, does that I, work? I, you know? I, I, I know you need like 60, 60 hours to be a, to be, get a pilot's license, but 
does Christian Gray uh, write a letter of recommendation? I mean, I don't know how that works. You know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite sure. So, uh, but yeah. So, uh, but then after yeah. the so yeah, uh, Har- uh, Hammer's rep denied that. But then in the same month, a bunch of Instagram uh, screenshots leaked uh, with his direct message to various women between uh, 2016 and 2020, describing Oops. sexual fantasies including violence, rape, cannibalism. Uh, Don't you just hate when those old text messages surface up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody deletes stuff, man. Nobody, no. Once, once, it's, once it's out there, it's out forever. It's out, man. Uh, so yeah. Also, another one where he detail, detailed having uh, sexual relations with Miss Cayman, which I guess was referring to Miss Cayman, Miss Cayman Islands, which is isn't really as severe. But yeah, he dropped out a lot of projects. He was dropped by his talent agency. His rep dropped him. That's crazy. I mean, this. I mean, this is a you know tremendous actor. We've obviously sung his praises numerous times on the show. Yeah, but uh, it's super it's, crazy. Yeah, it's also just weird that it took this long for it to come. You think you think if it started in twenty sixteen, me too would have got his ass. And that's the thing, because that's when like this that the ball started going down the hill. That's when the ball became a huge giant snowball. Like, you know like, what I mean? Like, like in seventeen, yeah. everyone was getting called out, and I mean everyone. Oh yeah, man! Like, look, I mean, like. I mean, obviously we knew like Bill Cosby, but that's when that all those people with Bill Cosby came out, and you know it just started yeah. a huge Ar- entire... around that time. That was uh, that was uh, Kevin Spacey, James Franco was around that time. Yeah, um, so a lot, a lot of other. Again, we we really like a database of, who, of who's canceled and who isn't anymore. <laughs> but seriously, because you have what? Um, watch them call it from uh, the TV show with uh, Ashton Kutcher and them. On, oh, uh, Danny, Ma- Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson got he got axed after so many you know a couple seasons. Matt you know, Lauer, it, it, Matt Lauer, he they they can him. Obviously Harvey Weinstein, we see what happened there. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, like it, it started a movement, man. It, that was a Me Too. When they say it was a Me Too movement, it was a movement. It because was a it movement. really did. It did open a lot of eyes in Hollywood and and just you know outside of Hollywood that this shit has been going on for numerous years. So you think this would be the time and a safe place to kind of do that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised it took this long, but you know, yeah. good, good, good on the women for actually like getting, being able to come forward finally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Army Hammer, you're a you're a sick man. You're a sick man. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. It's fucking wild. Okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> moving on. I have a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, first of which. Uh, ooh, where do where do we start today? How about we start here? Uh, in another, this, this is a piece of tragic news. We're gonna start off right now. Nobody died, but a uh, a band died. Really, uh, and it's news that came out that Daft Punk has decided to call it quits. I Wait, hadn't realized that they had been together for twenty six years. Twenty six years, man. Twenty six years for EDM. That's really crazy. Yeah, for technically, like they were like one of the most iconic, one of not the most iconic tech. Artists of all time, because that really got what Dead Mouse, Dead Mouse or whatever, Dead Mouse or whatever, Dead, Dead Mouse, Avacy, fuck Avacy. I mean, like you get all those guys to kind of like that. They they paved the way for all those guys to come in. Yeah, they they kind of they kind of really show that like a DJ could be like a main event. And but they also like, sh- but they also like cool. show like the artistry in being a DJ. Oh. It's not it's not just like pushing buttons. Like it's like, yeah, there, look, there's a lot of craft to it. Listen to the Tron. I mean Tron. Oh my God. Ugh. To talk about a tremendous album like Tron, I think we've said that numerous times too. Tron just amazing. <laughs> yeah, but you know they also finished. They also had like a lot of like great albums on them. Oh, a ton of other album. stuff. Yeah, yeah, like like Random Access Memories, one of my favorite albums in the past like fifteen years. I yeah. adore that fucking album. Yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff, man. They they really did. Absolutely, and it's it it sucks that they're not gonna be making music anymore because I've, I 
anytime I, s- I saw Daft Punk uh, associated with anything, it, was always, it always caught my interest. I think this is going to be a little hiatus. Remember, My Chemical Romance was supposed to go to, and then they got back. So I, I think... I, th- I think give it a couple years. I think give, it'll be it, back. give it a little bit. I mean, you know, you go straight for 26 years, man. It gets tiring doing the same thing for a long time. It and I think maybe sometimes they just need a break. You know, I, I just I try. I, I really don't think this is the end of them. I think, yeah, they, they said this is it. But I uh, give it a couple years. We'll see what happens. Let's see. I do hope they come back for the uh, the Tron three soundtrack. Oh, that's absolutely. I hope that doesn't uh, doesn't hurt that because, you know, I. Tron Legacy was just tremendous, and I hope that we don't lose that. Yeah, same, yeah, same here. But uh, yeah, uh, Daft Punk. If, even if this is the last time you ever make music together, your legacy is it's cemented, and we're gonna we're gonna miss you. Uh, next piece of news we're talking about is uh, we have a lot of castings. First of which is two that are actually kind of inter- intertwined. So first of which, uh, Kiki Palmer has been announced to join the cast of uh, Jordan Peele's next movie. Uh, which Kiki Palmer, she was, I mean, the most notable thing she was in the past couple of years was, um, what's it called? Uh, Hustlers. She was the black stripper. Which I, I, I know it's, I know it's kind of me to say, but she has no other defining characteristics. Can't remember her fucking name. So that's, that's who she was in that movie. But she was funny. I liked her. I liked her in Hustlers. Uh, looks like she also was co starring alongside possibly Daniel Kaluuya, who's in talks to join this movie, is reaching Jordan Peele again. Uh, the interesting thing, though, about this one is this was off the back of another casting in which Jesse Plemons uh, was cast as the lead in the Martin Scorsese's next movie. Now, he's going to play the role that DiCaprio was originally going to play. DiCaprio's not going to play a supporting role in this new Scorsese film, and Jesse Plemons is going to be the lead. So, first of all, great for Jesse Plemons, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah, well, he's he's been having a huge couple years. Like, even, like, like the last, like, five or six years, he's been having having a good career here resurgence oh 100 percent, man 100 percent. uh but i mean just everything like Fr- friday night's kind of helped pave that and then what he detroit game night he's everywhere he, he's not in De- he's not in detroit <laughs> wasn't he uh wasn't he in detroit no no he wasn't he wasn't in detroit i thought he was one of the cops no 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 he wasn't he wasn't i don't know who, I don't know who you're thinking i, swear of. I, thought, I don't know who you're what, thinking about but he's not in detroit. what movie did he play a racist cop Jesse Plemons plays a racist cop. What do you think? Let's see. Jesse Plemons. I gotta look up Detroit because I'm pretty sure. I, I, I swear he's not in Detroit. I don't remember him in that movie. Uh, let's see. Racist cop. Are you thinking about Jews and the Black Messiah? No, because I didn't see that. He played uh, Jesse Plemons. Okay, I'm trying to think. He was a, he was a, playing a cop. Let me look real fast here. Uh... I swear I thought he was in where he played like he played like a ju- he played an asshole like a real Jesse Plemons plays an Jesus. asshole who could it be Black Mass the master I s- God man I this is before that that it can't be I swear I thought he was in Detroit man I, I, okay I, I'm, I'm wrong then Obser- I don't know observe and report <laughs> I have no idea no observe and report yeah he's, he's no wow okay never mind then I, I really thought he was in Detroit I must be thinking of somebody else. Uh, but yeah, so first of all, doing the doing this. So, do you think he made the, the wise the wiser career move working with Scorsese instead of uh, Jordan Peele? I mean, either or. I mean, really. I mean, Scorsese is a legend, and I mean, obviously, Jordan Peele's an up and coming, you know, soon to be. I mean, 
by the time his career is over, legendary, you know what I mean, uh, director. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, don't got, I don't think he lost neither version of this transaction. No, I mean, either way, you, you, you win, really. I mean, you have an up-and-coming director, or you have somebody who's already stated their fame and, the, and, their, and their claim and everything, you know what I mean? So, like, not to, you're not really mention, not, 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 to some, not to mention someone you've worked with before. Yeah, so, I mean... It's crazy. Yeah, so to me, it's like, it's kind of what you said, it's a win-win. Like, you choose whoever you, like... Actors would kill to be in that position. Absolutely, you know? but yeah, I so, mean, yeah. I do. It's crazy to think that like Landry from yeah. Friday Night Lights Friday is getting Lights, this man. much yeah. like like this like diverse of a career. It's crazy, man. Like I never in a million years would have you know tried to associate him or seen him in movies. Like you know, it, it's 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 crazy, and and to be like really good at you know what he does. Too. Oh, he's he's, he's a he's a great actor. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah. Congratulations, Jesse Plemons, and uh, even Kiki Palmer, who's like someone who started like on like Nickelodeon and like the, the Disney Channel. Well, like, True Jackson VP. That's 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 where I come from. True Jackson VP <laughs> uh, coming in and being in the next Jordan Peele movie. Who first? I mean, I'm just excited for next Jordan, for the next Jordan Peele movie. Like, I don't care what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that that that's gonna be great. Uh, speaking of uh, up and coming directors doing their next movie. I was talking about Disappoint- Disappointment Boulevard. Yes, that is the that is the name of the movie. Uh, this is going to be the next collaborate. This could be the next film from director Ari Aster, and the actor he's chosen to star in this movie is maybe the most per- perfect decision you could have made. Take a guess. Disappointment disaster. Disapp- disappoint Disappointment Boulevard. Uh, no idea. Joaquin Phoenix. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you can totally, you can totally see that, like them them working together, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why not? Uh, it's been called uh, plot details kept, are kept under wrap, but uh, being described as an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. Yeah, I mean, is, I think. Yeah. Is this a Steve Jobs movie? I'm. Uh, I'm curious. I like our, you know, Ari Aster, man. I like both of his movies, like Hereditary, like. Um, Midsummer a lot, so uh, why not? And, and completely switching genres too. So uh, kudos. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do think that she. I do think it's a. Uh, it's 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 a good. Uh, it's a good way for him to kind of break out and kind of like diversify himself as a filmmaker. Which, yeah, yeah I mean, someone I, I also did really enjoy his first two his first two movies. Yeah, yeah, me too. Hereditary more than Midsummer, but I do think Midsummer was really good. I'm gonna flip it. I go Midsummer more than really. Yeah, I, the more and more, man, the more and more I, you know, think of it. I went and watched the uh, director's cut, and yeah, I just, man, I don't know. They're both good, though. You know what you said. I mean, when you're, both of them are really good. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Midsummer just a little bit more than Hereditary. Yeah. Uh, next piece we're talking about. Let's talk about. Hmm. I need. I need. To, I need to find this, the story for this. Uh. Actually, while 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 I do that, uh. Something that also got a cast cast members recently is Gremlins: Secret of the Mogwai. So, in case you forgot, Gremlins: Secret of the Mogwai was a show that was announced for HBO Max. It was part of their whole like big slate announcement. Uh, it's an animated show based in the world of Gremlins, and they have just locked down some cast members. So we got Ming Na Wen, B D Wong, James Hong, and Matthew Reese playing the villain. So now HBO Max is a service that I've been. A pretty big fan of as of yet. Yeah. There are two major drawbacks to this series that I think they need, desperately need to fix. 
One of which is oh, mar- there's a ton. One of which is market. There's a ton, but I think the two big ones. One of which is marketing. Yeah, because I mean, we, you and I have been saying that from the get go. They can't. Yeah, they can't market themselves for crap. No. no. Second of which is original content. Because yeah, you look I, at like every yeah. streaming service. I mean, the the big ones. Because like, if you think like Netflix, Prime, Disney Plus, Hulu, everyone has that like big that big show that everyone like. That's like must see TV. That's some flight of, attendant was good though. Some I mean, I which one for HBO Max? Flight attendant. I've the not. flight attendant. Yeah, it's see, see because they can't market it. I haven't seen it. Well, that's and that's the thing though because you wouldn't know about it unless you know what I mean. Like I didn't even know about it until we were navigating around it and Beck was like, "Oh yeah, that's that." I heard that it's supposed to be really good. Like I didn't know about that. You didn't know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, it's like this wasted wasted platform, you know. So, but yeah, looking at this, um, do you think that the potential to be like the the, the big the big the big, the big HBO Max show? Uh, I I would say no, just because of the fact. I mean, I love Gremlins. Don't get me wrong; it's been forever since I've like revisited them, so I kind of really forget a lot about it. But it but I have seen them. Um, I just don't know if that's where you're going to hang your you know your brand on, you know what I mean? You're going to play on nostalgia and get people in on that one. Again, the same age demographic as probably you and me, I would say between 20 and 40, you're going to get those people in to watch it because, you know, that we grew up watching that stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that, I, I really don't know if it's going to be like a Mandalorian type show where Disney plus, you know what I mean? Mandalorian yeah. is pretty much Disney plus stranger things is pretty much Netflix. You know what I mean? Like you have those go to, Brands, I just don't. I don't think this is it. I mean, I, I just, I, I just don't. That's some. That's something that desperate. I need to fix. Need to fix desperately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, like I said, for the listeners, obviously, please go check out the flight attendant. It is really, really good. Um, I just wish HBO Max would push it more. Um, they just do a bad job of organizing things too on that yeah. on that homepage. That dash, man. No, that 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 they do. They're really. They're just very, very, very poorly, very poorly organized service. Even though the back catalog is amazing, do you get the problem when you're watching it and you pause it? It still goes. Yeah, only on my Fire Stick though. Oh, you have. And a fi- see, I find you have a Fire Stick. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, we have a Fire Stick in the living room. Yeah. Never mind. That, that makes that, sense. That problem is room, only on the Fire Stick. Yeah, and it does it for uh, Disney Plus too. I think. Yeah. It does that. Okay, so I'm like, okay, that's that's why because we watch when we watch stuff out in the living room. Um, that's when it does that. That makes sense. Never mind. <laughs> But yeah, Gremlin, Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai is set to premiere sometime this year. They haven't said when, but sometime this year. Well, hopefully they get more eyes on it, though. I mean, it's 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 a good it's a good uh, platform if if done correctly. They have a lot of good property there, but uh, gotta start marketing it, man. Yeah, you you, get, you gotta start like being better at what, especially when you have like all your your entire theatrical slate for this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, premiering for it, Netflix. Yeah, it's got to be. You, you just can't learn about it when you're watching a trailer for you know whatever. Oh, it's on HBO Max too. What is HBO Max? You know what I mean? You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta throw that down people's throats, man. This is the day and age of all these different streaming sites, so it's it's important that they try to catch catch up. Uh, next piece of news: we're talking about Havoc. So Havoc is the latest film from Raid director Gareth Evans. It's gonna be his new action movie, and it will be it will star and be produced by Tom. Hardy. Okay. Can we? Will we? Will we be able to understand him? Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> will he be wearing a mask? <laughs> uh, plot of this movie centers around at, it's after a drug deal goes wrong, a bruised detective played by Hardy must fight his way through the criminal underworld and rescue a politician's estranged son. 
while unraveling a deep web of corruption and conspiracy that ensnares the city. So right off the bat, I think that premise sounds really interesting. I think yeah. that there's a lot of placement for like again, it plays a lot to Gareth Evans' strengths. Yeah. As someone who did the raid, both of which are excellent, excellent action movies. Which I really need to watch because those are another two that are haven't seen. Oh, the raid. Yeah, both both raids are fantastic. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, but yeah, no, you hear that premise of Tom Hardy being involved. Well, first of all, are you going to check out the raid now? <laughs> Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. I've been wanting to check those out. What is it, Raid and Raid Redemption, I think it is? No, no the first one is the Raid Redemption. The second one's Raid 2. Oh, Raid. Okay, never mind. But, yeah, no, those are movies that I've been wanting to watch. Um, I've heard, you know, nothing but great things about them. Um, just one of those ones, you know, kind of what, you know, hits us all sometimes. You know, you, you say you're going to watch it, and you just kind of put it off, put it off, put it off. But uh, given this, you know, with, uh, you know, Tom Hardy coming in, may might want to check out the other two for okay. sure. Oh, definitely. And again, maybe we'll be, un- be able to understand him for the, for the whole movie. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, next piece of news talking about is uh, I think another cast announcement that just happened recently. Uh, the soup, uh, the Flash movie has got its next character. Had not- that has nothing to do with Flash. We got a Supergirl in the DCEU. Supergirl making her feature film debut, uh, played by actress Sasha Kaye. I know everyone's thinking, who exactly? <laughs> she. <laughs> I don't think she's ever done a movie. I think she's only on television. They're both prominent roles on The Young and the Restless. Okay. But yeah, we're getting, uh, we're not only we're getting Supergirl on the big screen, we're getting a Latina Supergirl on the big screen. Cool. I'm like, I mean, good for her. I feel like she's yeah. not, need- I feel like she's not needed for this, but good for her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever, yeah. I don't know whatever what. Whatever you're going to do, I guess, right? I, I don't know what this movie is. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. But good yeah, for her. Yeah, you go. You go, girl. <laughs> hopefully, 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 this movie doesn't suck. Yeah, I mean, especially that's crazy that she only had, like I said, two, you said two other things that were just what young, young and the restless. That's it. Young and the restless. Yeah, that's that's her biggest claim to fame. Crazy. This could, this could, we, could be, we could be looking at the female Hemsworth. Who knows? Like, cause, like if this comes out and it's like huge and she does like and she's like crazy time she could be like like have like a Hemsworth style career where she gets like a bunch of movies after that which again she does good for her not gonna fr- not gonna flip, flip out about this casting because again I know fuck all about this actress uh so moving on next story, next story we're talking about something that I think you know fuck all about Russell <laughs> uh correct me wrong I just don't think you've seen this movie uh train to Busan. Uh, they've been toying with the idea of doing a English adaptation, uh, but they've uh, they're, they're going to do it. But they've now had a director attached. Uh, it's going to be directed by Timo Jaha Janto, uh, who he dir- biggest claim to fame is he directed The Night Comes for Us, which was a martial arts film, also for Netflix. Uh, which Russell, have you ever seen uh, The Night Comes for Us? I don't think you have. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I didn't think so. But yeah, you haven't seen Train to Busan either, have you? No, another one I haven't see that, seen. That been? See, that's one you should watch because I think you'd be really into it. Yeah, that's something I got to check out. It's something, again, it's just something that, you know, I always say I'm going to check these ones out. There's just so much, you know what I mean? I end yeah. up putting it in the back burner and I just never get around to doing it. But yeah, so it's interesting that to make an English language an English language remake of a, for, of a foreign film, they got a director who I think is also Korean. 
Yeah, a little, uh, little odd. Yeah, a little odd, but you know, cool. I mean, cool. It's it's a, it's a he's a good director. I mean, the night comes for us is a really really solid action movie. Yeah, he's in he's Indonesian. Okay, he's he's not uh, Korean. He's Indonesian. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so a, a uh, Indonesian filmmaker taking over for a Korean filmmaker. So this should be uh, <laughs> interesting. I think it's gonna. I think it is gonna be English language, but I think the premise itself is strong enough in order to in order to make this work. Yeah, and again, James Wan is also producing this, so you know so, he's not gonna. Yeah. So you know, like he's as a producer, this he's fairly solid. So I'm, I, I, yeah. have, I have faith in this. I think, I think, I think it could be, I think it could be good. I don't, see, I don't see the need for Western adaptations, but if they're gonna do it, looks like they're doing it right. Yeah, seriously. Uh, something else that may be done right, maybe not. I'm not sure. Uh, is Wednesday. So Wednesday is. Now, there have been rumors circulating for a while about Tim Burton doing an Adam Sandler project for Netflix, a live-action property specifically. Uh, yeah. we, we now know what it is. So what this is going to be, it's going to be a feature-length film about Wednesday. Uh, not film. Feature-length series about Wednesday uh, where she's like, I think, I think she's like, okay, let me, let me find out what this is. So basically, it's going to be like a coming of age story about Wednesday, who's off at boarding school, trying to like, so like solve like solve crimes and shit. I don't know okay. about solve crime, but like it's going to be like about like her on her own like coming of age journey. So you're looking at late teens esque, probably. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is an interesting one because I love the as you know I love the Adams family. It's one of my favorite yeah. properties of all time. Um. Oh, so it is gonna be it is gonna be a, a a mystery a mystery show where she's at another like an outseas academy. Uh, there are a few there are a few concerns I have with this. First of which, I mean, again, much I do love um, the Adams family, much as like in the Sonnenfeld films, Wednesday was my favorite character, and mostly this, yeah. that's due to Christina Ricci. I, feel, I, I really thought like that's the role Christina Ricci was born to play. For sure. Um, here's 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 some concerns I have with this though. Uh, first of which is. What works about the Adams family is just that the family. Like no one has no one has superiority and like precedence over another. Yeah, like they're like all pretty everybody's even, equal. Exactly, all pretty even keel. So I'm not sure what yeah. it's going to be like when you separate one of them from the rest of the pack. Yeah. Uh, second of all, uh, doing a Wednesday show where she's off at a school that apparently her parents went to. So a lot of the comedy from the original Adams family came from the fact that uh, just the big contrast between the Adams and the regular people, which their world was surrounded by regular people. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 were the, they were the odd ones on the block, but to them it was normal. That, that's where like, a lot of the comedy came from. But now you're taking her out of that and putting her in an, an environment where she's going to seem normal. Yeah. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but Wednesday was a character that, if you look at the Sonnenfeld films, like you said, it was just the strength of Christina Ricci. I mean, that was literally like a, a role perfect, tailor made for her character, perfect for her age. I mean, she was just at the right spot at the right time with that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how you do that though. How you take the Adams Family world out of a Wednesday spinoff? You know what I mean? A Wednesday, uh, like kind of like a. Like not like an origin, but like a Wednesday story. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Wednesday you, like standalone you take, adventure. You, you take you take that world out of it. Does it be, really become 
kind of a you know an Adams family thing, or is it more just like you're just really just placing this girl in like a giant? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna work. I'm curious because I think Tim Burton with the Adams family on paper it seems like a perfect combination. Oh yeah, because Tim Burton. I mean, obviously, I think you know Tim Burton's world and imagination. I think would be tailor made for um, you know Adams family. And if Sonnefeld didn't do it, I mean, I could absolutely see Tim Burton doing something like that, like movie wise. Exactly. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, Burton got the eye on it. I think Burton can make it his own. That's what he does with these movies, though. So, it's not completely a lost cause. I'm I'm hopeful, and we'll, we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Something that's also definitely not a lost cause is Paddington Three, which Studio Canal officially confirmed last week. The Paddington Three is in the works not a surprise <laughs> not a surprise at all uh downside paul king director of the first two not coming back because he's busy working on wonka uh. which it's it's crazy to think that after like the news of wonka came out and like ever see cause here's, here's the weird thing the news about wonka came out everyone was like not enthused about it no and everybody paddington 3 was completely the opposite Pad, yeah paddington 3 like, we heard that was in the uh. works everyone was like fuck yeah yeah, I mean, because the first two are just like great, great family films, or a lot of heart, and just so very. You, you think Paul came again through his head? Like, maybe, maybe I should come back and do this. People like what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like I got a good thing going here. Nope, I'm gonna leave. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I get it. He wants to branch out as a filmmaker, which I do encourage him to do. But like, finish out, finish it out after three. Fin- yeah, finish, after. finish it out. Absolutely. And not to mention, like, you're doing a project that like nobody. You're doing a project that like no everyone wants to see. To a project that nobody cares about. Yeah, I mean, look at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I yeah. mean, it was it was received awfully. Like nobody liked it. It was awful. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but either way, we're getting more paddings in, and like a question circulated. They're they're going to get someone great to play the villain. So who who do you think would be a great villain in Paddington Three? I think uh, Christoph Waltz would be good. <laughs> you don't think? I know. I know. I think. No, I'm thinking of it right now. I think it'd be funny. He's like, I'm here to take your marmalade, bear. But I'm thinking, like, if you're thinking, like, uh, like somebody British, man, yeah, I don't he's, know. He's, he's a little too German for the role. Oh, I know that. I, I'm, th- I'm thinking if you're just like outside the box. We're just right. thinking of a, like villainous. Um, See, my, and again, I'm, my, my pick isn't British either. He's Irish, and my pick is Liam Neeson. You couldn't do Hugh Laurie because wasn't he in? No, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Laurie would be a good villain. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant was in. Hugh Laurie would be, would be really funny. Actually, Hugh Laurie would be a good villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll go with that. We'll go with Hugh Laurie. Ooh, Hugh Laurie. I, I, I'd actually really like to see little Hugh Laurie and uh, go back. Go back to Stuart Little roots. <laughs> and, um, and that's what I was thinking. Of. That's that's why I was like, wait a minute. And I was thinking Stuart Little. That's why I was like, wait, he was in a family film. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, we're good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And last piece you're talking about today, and this is one I'm very excited by the prospect of. Uh, Edgar Wright has announced that he'll be producing and directing a new adaptation of Stephen King's The Running Man. So, cool. the, so the Running Man is. Have you seen the, the original Running Man? I have not, but I. I'm oh my god! With, you haven't the, seen I, it? I, I know the. No, I, but I'm familiar with like the the basic synopsis of it, I guess. Yeah. So uh, the story of Running Man is basically I guess a dystopian future filled with like, uh, not demon not demonic game shows, but like, it's it's like it's like Saw meets Quiz Show in a sense. Okay. But like with a with a very like eighties action style feel, and the <laughs> movie. I mean, it sounds fun though. The movie, the movie itself is awesome. I love the original Running yeah. Man. Like again, Schwarz, it's probably one of Schwarzenegger's better movies. I'm being honest. Like it's it's, it's super fun, super fast paced. 
another another movie I got to add to the list of yeah. it's so vast. <laughs> but yeah, hearing Edgar Wright's making new adaptation, new, new adaptation. Does this encourage you to check out the original a little more? Yeah, kind of same thing with the raids. Yeah, I mean, any any time that you get a new like, well, I, I want to say like a new spinoff of of an old property, you always get curious about watching the old stuff because you kind of want to see if it's faithful to right. or what does it add to that world. So yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I got I would have to check that one out before I went and saw the the remake or reboot of it. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, no, look, see, see, this is a combination that I think that it's great. I do admire Edgar Wright because what he's seemingly doing is like he made he made his comedy his. He made a quote-unquote Edgar Wright movie, but now he's trying to branch out and do like different stuff, you know, because he's doing that. Uh, he's doing that last night in Soho horror film. He's doing he's doing this, which is like a high concept, sci- higher concept sci-fi movie. Yeah, which I yeah, like again, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what Edgar Wright does with things kind of like out of his comfort zone. We already saw like his first foray into this Baby Driver kind of. Yeah, I mean, which was I mean that was a fantastic film. I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. It, it's cast members are unfortunate now but it's <laughs> i mean cast members now a little eh, we could recast those guys now but yeah, uh, we, we, yeah. We, 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 we we could recast two of them now but yeah i mean they they made some stupid decisions but uh such as life and uh yeah i mean but that doesn't take away what he did so that, that didn't uh, take away the know. hard work that everybody else put in that movie no and it doesn't take away his vision for the movie i i think it was very uh kind of kind of different you know like the movie like the music move in the movie you know what i mean it's 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 kind of rare that you get that that that's the heart and soul of a film you know what i mean it's it's rare you know absolutely um but yeah definitely looking definitely trying to de- definitely looking forward to seeing what he's going to do uh in the future with his again with him branching out can't wait to see last night in soho i think it's like from, from all the photos i've seen it looks really interesting and yeah uh, it's going to do it for Notorious News. We, we, we now move on to the movie of the week, and we are talking about, of course, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, so not Pan, a surprise. Not a surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of the ones where I guess could have won. What was, the one, what was the one we left off? Oh, uh, I was going to put on The Prestige. The Prestige would have won. Yeah, The Prestige would have won because, you know, Nolan, Nolan fans. I mean, I just think it's polls like – there's certain polls that you and I put up that I like. I'm not surprised at the winners, you know what I mean? Then there's other ones that I put up, like we we put like far fetched movies that like you know obviously like you know uh, what was like Shame and other movies I put on for just like at random times, you know what I mean, just to see if yeah. anybody gets any you know bites on it, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, it's, it wasn't a surprise. Pan's Lab and one, um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so it was really nice to revisit it. Yeah. So interesting thing about this about this film is you know there's a there's a group of three director friends. They call themselves the uh, I'm not sure this is what they call themselves, but basically the three amigos of cinema. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Alejandro González Iñárritu, Alfonso Cuarón, and Guillermo del Toro. 2006 is the only year in which all three of them made a movie. That's, a gr- oh, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, which and all three of them were on the poll. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah, because I put uh, Babel on there. Put Babel on there. I, I, I Babel. I put I put Children of Men. And I put this one. Yeah. Oh, well, I would. I didn't even realize that we did that. Like. We did that inattention, like unintentionally too. Yeah, no, it was not anywhere near our intention. But. <laughs> that's crazy that you met. Like, it's crazy now that I think about it because I'm like, damn, like that's that that just shows you the uh, that just shows you the master behind the lens that these guys are, man. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know this year have two of them. People are, people argue as like uh, Children of Men and Pan's Labyrinth are the best of the respective directors, both Quaron and Del Toro. But we're looking, at yeah. Del Tor- we're looking at Del Toro today. So, yeah, Del Toro is a dude who we never talked about his movies before. Uh, he's no. a guy who, 
Um, he basically he's got a he's gotten a reputation for being the more of the genre filmmaker. The three of them. Yeah, I can I can see that he's more, but his his is always like submersed in like like color like colorful environment. I've noticed though he yeah, uses like, yeah the environments the creatures yeah. Like it, it, it's hard to describe, but when you're watching a Del Toro film, chances are you're gonna know it. Oh yeah, I mean, whether it's Hellboy two, Shape of Water, I mean, you can you could feel you could feel that you're in a Del Toro film. Uh yeah, but this was the one that kind of put him. Well, not this. This is, this is the one, but well, it actually, kind of is because this this, this was, helped put him on the map. Yeah, as like as like a legit so. as like a, a legitimate filmmaker. At least, like yeah. a, a prestige filmmaker, more mainstream, I would say. This helped get well, him. Well, no, because he had Blade Two. He had Blade Two and the first Hellboy before well, this. Oh, well, okay. Well, but I'm saying this really, I think, kind of like really showcased what kind of director but, he could yeah, be. Yeah, no, like it, 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 this took him from like fun genre director to yeah. one of the best working filmmakers right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. But why is that exactly? There's only one way to find out, and it's and we have to take a look. This is Pan's Labyrinth. So we find out that a long time ago there was this princess from this underground kingdom. Uh, yeah. she, she wanted to go up to the uh, to the worlds to the world above. She did that. Eventually, she died, and eventually she died, and she, she couldn't go back. Uh, however, the father, the king, he always knew that her her soul would return. Yeah. So what he did was he put a bunch of. Like he said, like he was gonna he was gonna wait for her to come back at some point because like he's like I know she I know she'll return I know she'll be back. Yeah. So, yeah, right off the bat, you completely get what tone he's going for in this film. Yeah. In that this is a fairy tale, but not just like a fairy, not like a Disney fairy tale. This is a fairy tale like of the books, like a grim fairy tale. Yeah, it's like a dark. It's a dark fairy tale for sure. Exactly. I, I would say. Yeah. It, it's like a Disney didn't cut the balls off of every Hans Christian Andersen story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this is not your yeah, this is not your typical not your typical uh, fairy tale for sure. This is not your baby this is not your baby sister's fairy tale movie. No, this is we're not gonna tuck you in and read you the story. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we, we meet our main character, Ophelia. She's going into a a nearby safe house with her mother who's pregnant. So the, the mother is uh seeing the I think it's a general. It's a captain. They captain, call him. that's right, captain. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a captain. This takes place during the Spanish Civil War, towards the end of the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, so you're looking at like Spain, 1944, I believe, is when um, it opens up. Wasn't it the 1800s? Um, well, Spain, 1944 was when they had um, when it when it showed up on the. No, um, you know what? It can't be the 1800s. They have, they have, fu- they have fucking cars. Like <laughs> that's. That's all right. Uh, it is. It is. No, oh, you, no! You're exactly. You're exactly right. It is 44. Yeah, Spain of 44. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, it wasn't for memory, so yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, yeah, like right off the bat, man. Yeah, you see, like, you know, Ophelia and her mom traveling to, yeah, the, to to meet the captain. Yeah. So uh, they're they're on they're on their way. Uh, they get to, uh. They get to the safe house and they, she notices nearby there's this. Uh, well, first of all, we meet the captain, who like right off the bat, total asshole, total dick. Yeah. Like honestly, and the best way I can describe this, if you took all the stern, all the sternness and all the strictness of of uh, Christopher Plummer's character in The Sound of Music, yeah. but with none of the light, none of the levity, <laughs> you'd get this guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's just really, and, it, and it's crazy though because like you, you can tell that the mother is only doing this for security, a blanket for her and her and her daughter. Really, yeah. I mean, there's really no love between the two characters. You don't really see that type of romance on the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's that, that, that's true. And like, uh, like the, Spain, Spain didn't have Nazis, but these guys are totally Spanish Nazis. Oh, absolutely. You could absolutely see like the Hitler influence type. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, uh, Ophelia finds this labyrinth nearby, this big stone maze. Which, I mean, again, like it's you, immediately you're drawn to like the like right here. This is where you start to get drawn to like the the art direct the set design, the art direction, the production of yep. the film. Because like they 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 built that, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful too. It's like that beautiful and and like even going down to the well or whatever that spiral staircase or whatever it has. It's beautiful. Yeah, the the use of sets in this film is just, is fantastic, and it, it gets be- it gets better as the film, as the movie goes on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we also meet uh, a few of the main characters: the doctor, whose name escapes me, and Mercedes, who is and she's basically just like kind of like a. His like, what that would be the captain's kind of like uh, maid or whatever, pretty much. Yeah, type. her like, his, his housekeeper, yeah. I guess. Housekeeper, maid, like yeah, basically whatever he asks her to do, she goes and does. Yeah, and the next scene, in case in case you thought that this was like a fantasy movie for kids, we get like this obviously that tells you no, it's very much not for very much not for very much for adults. Uh, it's a scene where he encounters a, f- a farmer and his son, who are the speculator re- are rebels who they, what they're fighting against. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes through his bag, he pulls out like a bottle, and I've never forgotten the first time I saw this scene. Like he about <laughs> takes the end of the bottle, hardest bottle of life. I guess so you, if you hit it the right way, it doesn't break. Oh my god! He just like starts. Packing him right in the head with him, man. Yeah, and he uses bottle to, like cave this dude's face in. Yeah, it definitely stays with you. Like watching that, and like you can hear like the sound, like it's hitting hitting like bone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, de- it definitely stays with you. No, it does. Uh, and while that's going on, Ophelia sees like this wa- this like walking stick, which she saw earlier on the statue, which she you know in her, in her mind she thinks it's a fairy, but then we see it transform. Yeah. It looks like a grasshopper. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, really? Maybe a uh, grasshopper mixed mix with a walking stick. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and it tra- it transforms. Now this is the thing. Like, it's, there's a lot of CG in this movie, yeah. and does it always look convincing? No, it doesn't. But it doesn't distract you, though. Like no, other it, movies he, he, do. here's the thing. It doesn't look. It's not convincing, but it at least looks cool. Yeah, and, and but you forget about it when you're watching it, though. And I think you that's do. the beauty of Del Toro as a filmmaker. He kind of submerses you into this environment where it's like you see it, you may think it, but it's like it's it, it still flows, it's still natural. But the CGI works in other scenes, like in the, like in the next scene when they go to the, to the labyrinth, where she goes to the labyrinth, she goes oh, down yeah, that spiral yeah. staircase, and she meets yeah yeah, yeah. the, the fawn, yeah. I guess the I I guess what is like the main iconography from this film, the fawn. Yeah, I don't know who voices it, but the physic the physical the physical Doug uh, part jo- I think is Doug, Doug Jones. Jones does. Yeah, yeah, Doug Jones. Doug Jones voices him, and Doug Jones voices a couple other ones in here too. I don't think Doug Jones does the voice of this. I think it is the physical I'm, part of it. I'm pretty sure. You might want to double check it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. If it is, they're modding this voice because this sounds nothing like him. Well, no, I know it sounds nothing like him. But I, when I paused it when I uh, on Prime, remember it said Doug Jones. I don't know if that was just the, who bodied him. Yeah, I, I, I may, may, maybe it is the voice. I don't know. But anyways, uh, you can tell it's on him though. Yeah, you can. You could. <laughs> you, you could tell. Yeah. But 
Uh, uh, but so this character is both the, like the main iconography in this film, and you can tell why because yeah. the, desi- the design is great. Oh, he looks it looks so cool and so unique, and I, I think that's what was great in Hellboy with Del Toro to give you these visionary characters that you could take with you. Do you know what I mean? Um, even in The Shape of Water, it's just but it's so unique because you don't see it all the time, and and I think Del Toro really has an eye for that. No, yeah, but like I was saying, like the the, the design is there. I think I think it's a one. Yeah. I think it's a great design, but like. Sure. I love the way he moves, and like what's cool about it is like speaking of CGI, they use like they use like CGI to like help with the motions, like the flick of the ears, the blinking. Yeah. That's yeah. all done with CG, and that CG d- that just disappears. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So basically, the fawn tells Ophelia that she, that she is the princess that's been reincarnated. Yeah, and if you want Moana, <laughs> Prince Moana, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I thought was funny too. Yeah, I'm like, wow, did did, did you rip rip this off? <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, we we needed a princess name. Ah, well, good news, I just watched Pan's Labyrinth last night. Let's go Moana. It's, All right, that, Moana it is. Well, it sounds. We'll lower the ad. It sounds we'll vaguely. It sounds vaguely yeah. Hawaiian. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so basically, he tells her like she's this long lost princess. In order to return home, she has to complete these three challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they are, we don't know. But we'll see as the movie goes on. Uh, we also see that you know the cap, the captain. We we see more of the captain being just a great a asshole. Oh, like I like I messaged you. Honest to God, this guy's a perfect villain. The guy that plays him, uh, what is it? What is his name? Yeah, what is his name? I'm gonna give this dude some credit. <laughs> we still gotta get props, man, because like, I don't have his name on a thing. I want to get props. Props to the main girl. Let's see. What, let's see. Oh, you're talking about uh, Mercedes. Uh, Ivana, no, no, no. Uh, Ivana Baquero, who played uh, Ophelia. Oh, Ophelia, yep. Yeah. Uh, she's she's fantastic in this film. Really good. And it's, it's a shame that she, her uh, performance wasn't recognized by the Academy, which is kind of crazy, because I think she was really, really great in this film. I think she definitely could have be- definitely could have a Best Leading Actress nomination. Absolutely. As I was saying, she hasn't done, like, more. I mean, she's, she's worked in, like, television. She's worked in... Uh, she worked in like other like Spanish film, but like, as far as like major major projects, she hasn't really done anything post this, which is which is it's crazy. It's really good. It's cra- yeah, it's crazy because you would think that her career would springboard after this. I think so, but no, it's happening yeah. now. Uh, yeah, and the guy who plays the captain, what's his name? Uh, Sergi Lopez. Yeah, total uh, total asshole. Oh man, he but he is he is killing it in every scene he's in. Oh man, and you know when he's on screen, something bad's gonna happen. You just get that. Like uneasy feeling when he's on the screen. I think that's just really showcases what a great actor, what a great performance he puts forward in this film. Absolutely. Uh, so in uh, the next scene, well, we have, there are two things going on. First of which, uh, Ophelia is attempting to go on one of her first, one of her first challenges. Uh, yep. She has to get a key out of the belly of a giant toad. Yeah, and I think the fun gave her a book. Yeah, uh, that she has to read when she's alone. It kind of like pretty much sets up what she needs to do. So she kind of has an. It's kind of like a map to what she needs to go do. Yeah, but like the way she beats this frog, it's like slightly horrifying because like what she, she has like feed. She feeds. The, she feeds these like, bugs. Like these three that bugs that turn into like three stones or whatever. She feeds it and then it, it literally just kind of like disintegrates. No, not disintegrates. He, he like like coughs up like his insides. Oh, because well, I. I felt like he kind of like I thought he kind of like disintegrated, but yeah, he does cough it up, and then all of a sudden, just like yeah, he coughs up what his stomach. Yeah, 
Well, not not, not a semi, like everything. Like it's like a like a pink like a pink puddle of like goo, which is crazy. Like it's it, it, it's a wild it's a wild visual. Like again, props to Eric, props to Toro again for like having like this kind of like, visual mind for like this kind of storytelling. Ophelia needs a golden key, man. She needs that golden key. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she gets it. She finishes the first challenge. However, she's all muddy after for for dinner, so she can't she can't go down. Now she doesn't get to eat. Yeah, her mom's pissed because she just bought her a brand new dress that she completely like got completely muddy. Yeah. Uh, but in while the dinner's going on, it's it's a really interesting part where we see that is how we you do get an insight into Spanish culture during the Civil War. Yeah. Because admittedly, like I'm, this isn't something again. I'm not Spanish, so I wouldn't know much about this event. But neither am I. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So again, we're not Spanish, yeah. but like the way they give you an insight to like how Spaniards view this, especially like the higher class one versus lower class, you really understand like what the what the heart of this conflict is. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And he, he has absolutely a he has a great too. job of getting you to like understand like the point the point of this war and like why these sides are feuding. But it also makes you sympathetic towards the people that we later find on, you know, that the um, uh, that she's helping and stuff like that, which happened to be, you know, her brother. Yeah. But like we we understand that though, like that we 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 you know they gain sympathy through this through for us, you know. What I mean, we kind of like exactly. side with them. We want them to do good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we then find out. We then find. So, you get they get the key. They go to. to he goes back to the labyrinth. And gives uh. What's his face? Uh, Vaughn the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then gets a book that can kind of see the future. It, 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 it's a precognitive kind of book, but it was basically able to tell her that her mom was gonna have a miscarriage. Yeah, because it like the you could tell like the she opens a book and it's like all red. No, well it's 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 red. It's that... in the shape of a uterus. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, but um, now we'll talk about that when that comes down. But yeah. Yeah, like, like right off the bat. We also find out that, like we said, Mercedes is working with the uh, the Freedom Fighters, and one the main one is her brother. Yeah. Uh, so we also see that the Fawn is also trying to help her out, allegedly. Well, first of all, she gives her this box of fairies for the cha- for the challenge for whatever the next test is going to be. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll get to why. We'll get to why. <laughs> we also see that he is like, okay, look here. This is this is a mandrake root. Yeah. Here's, here's what you do. You put this under your mom's bed in a in a glass in a bowl of milk. Let do it for a few days, and leave it for a few days, and she go and she gonna be all right. Yeah, and then you just gotta put a couple drops of blood. Oh yeah, a bl- glass yeah. of milk, a couple drops of blood. Yeah. And but it's it's crazy though because the mandrake root actually kind of like takes persona of her mom, kind of. You know what I mean? A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, because when you see her when she's moving and stuff like that in bed. The root is doing the same same exact thing, so we know that whatever this is, whatever the fawn has told her to do, this is going to help her. Yeah. So then, then she slides it right underneath uh, uh, her mom's bed, um, and kind of like sneaks in there to you know feed it blood every so often. And it, and like it it it's, it works almost instantly because like as soon as she puts it under the bed, oh yeah, the she's like down. yeah. Uh, but before that happens, and again, while 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 that happens, and before that goes on. Uh, she gets the second challenge. She has to go and take, uh, like, so the key go, goes into one of the, like, okay, lockers or whatever. Locker. So, yeah, I, I'm not explaining this properly. So, she got this chalk from the fawn. 
That opens the door to this like this, under, this underworld where there's a, fi- a figure called the Pale Man. He's a yeah. du- he's a dude with no eyes sitting in like this banquet hall by himself. You're like, look, just go in, yeah. use that key, find out what it is, find what it is it opens, open it, take it, get out. Whatever you do, do not eat anything. Do not eat or drink anything. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the only stipulation. And I mean, you obviously see where she's coming from too, so that temptation's gonna be there. Yeah, I mean, she's she's very she's very malnourished. They can't yeah. just like <laughs> I mean, come on, a girl just lost supper privileges. Yeah, and we see that the thing that she was there to take is a dagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this gold dagger. We don't know what it's for. We find out later, but we don't know what it's for. But she's about to. Live. All she has to do is walk out of this room, Russell, and she's and, good. And like, dude, and, and out of all things, come on, the grapes are the ones calling. Yeah, the you. grapes is the one you take. Come on, come on, get out of here with that crap, man. If uh, I'm going down, I'm going down for like a steak or something, man. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm grab, I'm grabbing that chicken, or that cake. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna take the grape, the smallest thing possible. The smallest thing possible. And the one that's not going to do anything for your hunger. Yeah, so uh, so she grabs the grape and the pale man wakes up. Another good vision, too, man. Oof. This thing is, this may, be, this may be the scariest visual of the entire film. Because you just see him, literally, he's there. He has no eyes. You see nostrils and you see a mouth. And you see his hands resting on the banquet table. But it's just so cool when he comes to life, man, and how his eyes are in the palms of his hands and he does that thing. Yeah. I think it's so cool. It's it's beautiful visionary. Beautiful visionary. But I also get credit to like someone who's in again uh, an actor that uh, girl who clearly loves working with Doug Jones. Oh, Doug who, Jones for sure. He has this incredible physicality to him. Yeah, because he can transport himself into any character that Del Toro really wants him to. He really personifies that character. Yeah, and just the way the way he's able to move, like it's. And it's crazy when you watch all his movies he's done with Del Toro, especially like no two characters he plays move alike. No, they're all unique in their own way. Like, and I think a, like Abe you know, Sapien will move differently than the asset in A Shape of Water. The asset yeah. will move differently than the Pale Man in this movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like it's, they, he literally probably sits there and studies it with Del Toro, and they they make sure that they don't get anything that trips up, you know, to the same to the same beat. It does, man. He Doug Jones is such a, such a good actor. Really, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, the Pale Man is maybe his most terrifying creation. Oh man, but it's so. It, but it's again, it it's so terrifying, but it's so like beautiful too. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's crazy. It's it's crazy. It really is. Just the the artistry of it is is what is what's yeah what for the sure. Is. It's like it's and it's kind of simplistic, really. It's not too over the top. You know what I mean? No, really, is. all all it is is like. Is like a dude with like like a dude with like a completely like bald guy, yeah, with no eyes, with with eyes where his his palms are. Yeah, I mean, but it, but it again, those are the ones that you can call back to the pale man, fawn, like the the you know the the characters that you take away from this film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she she does get it, but she does, but she did eat something and did lose two fairies in the process. Which, by the way, the way it like it, like the way it, like oh my god, it was rev savage. You say you see him like bite off the head of one, you see him like bite off like, the upper body of another. Yeah, again, not a fairy tale. I mean, I mean, this is like malicious. Like he's literally crunching these fairies, and you see the blood squirting out of his mouth. Man, like yeah. it's crazy, man. It's yeah, it's 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 insane. Uh, meanwhile, the next day, like I said, the mom, the mom is healing. Meanwhile, the next day, uh, the Spanish army has an encounter with the Freedom Fighters. 
Free Fire is kind of get their ass handed to them, but like what's what's interesting is that they do is like what well, well, they go to one. They're trying to make sure they're all dead. But what one does like he shoots out. He shoots himself in the neck. Yeah. To like shoot out his vocal cords. Like he can't. He can't talk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. Like like the, the length these these guys will go to in order to in order to you know like like fight for what they believe in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just shows you. Yeah. So. uh but there is one who didn't get so lucky. Uh, he was one who, you know, they they capture and they're trying to try to make him talk. And you're like, oh shit, is it Paul? Oh, it's a, yeah. You think that's what it is? You, but they, it's the they're building like it is. Yeah, no. Yeah. But <laughs> you realize the one they got is like the least helpful person they could have gotten. Oh man, now you feel so bad too when like he's trying to do the counting to three shit, dude. Oh yeah, heartbreaker. No, yeah. So, but uh, he's getting he's getting tortured. And wow, the things that the things they do to this man. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, but like the doctor's there, so the doctor's present too at the uh, yeah he is interrogation there. of the of the guy. I don't I don't know the guy that stutters name. No, I don't know his name either. But either right. So uh, while that's while that's going on, uh, Fawn visits Ophelia again. Uh, who she comes clean? Just like look, I got I got the dagger, but uh, I kind of disobeyed the one thing he told me to do. And he goes, he goes ballistic, man. He's like, yeah. we're done. You're like, no, that's it. You failed. I don't give a fuck. You got the dagger. I'm out of here. You, you I'm failed. Out of here. You're done. You're out. Yeah. You're never going home. Gee, thanks. Yeah, just like, and it's it sucks because like that was kind of like her escape because her, her situation right now is like, it's it's bad now. It gets worse after she tell after he tells her this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, case in point, like what happens to the guy, like. Like it's crazy to think like one of the scariest things about this film is the what it's what you don't see. Because like yeah. what happens to this dude is like you don't see what the how they're torturing him, but like, you see the aftermath, he's all bloody. You see like one of his hands is like cut like right down the middle. Yeah, so like, like yeah, it's like completely mangled. You really can't yeah. And they, they he wants the doctor to heal him so he can torture him some more. Yeah, and he has the balls to ask him to heal him up too. That that's the that's the brutalness of, of the captain in this film, man. He wants yeah. he wants the doctor to, to fix him up so he can do more damage to him. It's really sinister. Yes, but uh the doctor being the kind of hard guy, he, he decided to to euthanize him. Yeah, which is which was so much better. Uh then obviously he comes back pissed at him, but he, he, he basically told the captain that there was really nothing that he could do for him he couldn't he was so far gone there was nothing that he could do for him no yeah but then the captains get pissed he shoots the doctor yeah this is after he found um they recovered on a on a on a raid they they recovered medicine from from the uh, rebels right and it's and in a bottle rebel, that he carries yeah, and, it, and it matched the canister the container that the doctor had so they kind of put two and two together that somehow the doctor was lending aid to the rebels, so that's 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 kind of what really started the ball rolling. I think with him, with yeah. him wanting to kill the doctor. Right before yeah. that, though, I forgot to mention, uh, he discovers the Mandrake roots, and yeah. he gets unreasonably upset about it. Yeah, and he throws it into the fire. No, like, no, 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 no. Completely, the, the mom throws it into the fire. <laughs> oh yeah, the mom throws it into fire, and basically that does harm to herself without actually knowing that that's actually there to help her. Yeah, but, but the minute she threw it out is when she started bleeding out too. Yeah, the minute the minute she threw it into the fire, the second she starts dying again. Yeah, so which is completely yeah. She was just listen to Ophelia, man. Listen to Ophelia, but yeah, the mom. The, so the mom dies during childbirth. Ophelia's life is basically just crumbling around her. 
Yeah, and it's crazy how fast it's happening too. Like right after she, right after she like like broke the rules of that challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's it's crazy, like how like down her how down the downward spiral of her life, like the way it's going right now. Yeah, and then did we uh, were we talk about the part where uh, Mercedes stabs uh, or stabs uh, the captain? Not team? yet. So first, so first, what happens oh, okay, is okay, okay. Mercedes realizes she's about to get caught by the captain. Yeah, because she's like yeah. she's working with the freedom fighters, so she's about to leave. Yeah, she knows she's she pretty much sees the writing on the wall. But right about right as she's about to go meet with the other freedom fighters, uh, she gets caught by the captain. And you're like, oh shit, we know how this is gonna go. Yeah. Uh, but then, the the cool thing is she gets out. Yeah, because she hides that knife in her uh, under her uh, yeah shirt all the time. What's funny about this is the first of which is. She gets out. She stabs the captain a few times, actually. Yeah, and then she like leaves. Doesn't bother. Doesn't bother to finish the job. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're leaving. What are you doing? Like, you didn't even you didn't hit him anywhere vital. No, she didn't. No, go back in there and kill him. Like, man. like, like, sl- sl- like, slit his throat. Go for the jugular. Do something. Yeah, stab him in the heart, or you know, jeez, like, go somewhere where it's gonna bleed. Like, go somewhere where it's gonna bleed out in a couple minutes. Yeah, he's not he gonna al- bleed when you stab. He him already the killed the only doctor on site. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to kill you, so you probably need to kill this guy. Second of all, she just walks out. Yeah, and she's in no hurry either. No, no, she, she, she just she just leaves. Yeah, what, I get it. If she were running, it'd be more suspicious, but but still, like you need to get out of there. You man. need to you get, get out. Get them steps going, man. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so like they're she's taking down her horseback, and you think she's about to get like she's about, she's about to get get got. Yeah, and at the last second, like you're like like you're like oh you're you're scared for her, but at the yeah. last second you're so relieved because like her her brother and his homies show up. Yeah, you start hearing gunshots. You're like, oh my god! But she totally does a number on Captain's uh, mouth, man. She does. She gives him, she gives him like the half Joker smile. The half Joker smile. He cut himself on those uh, popsicles. <laughs> uh, you know those popsicles are gonna cut the top off. Those plastic yeah. popsicle wrappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nasty. <laughs> oh yeah, those those are not those are not good. So then he, yeah. But then Ophelia comes back to Fawn. Uh, and Fawn's like, you know what? I'm going to give you one more chance. But here's the deal. You got to do what I say when I say. He pulls the Miyagi defense. Do what I say yeah. when I say no questions. Yep. Uh, so what she has to do now, go get her brother. Go, it's a go, go get her brother and go to the labyrinth. As fast as you, as quick as, as you can, as pretty much. As fast as you can. <laughs> Uh, so he decides. So she decides to go and get him. She's in the captain's quarters. Decides to poison him while she's there for good measure. And she stays there again. She stays there though. Like oh, that he leaves. He leaves and then drinks it. Well, the, pro- the problem is like she like the magic chalk she's going to use to escape. The the yeah. captain broke because yeah for no reason by the way she just had like a, a thing against chalk. And I think this is the slowest working uh, poison, too, I think we've established. The slowest too. working poison I've ever seen in my <laughs> I'm life. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay? Like, he, like he's up for, like, a good, what, hour before he goes down? I'm like, dude, what's he going to die? Like, like this dude, guy, like, she, put, she put a lot in it. It wasn't yeah, she, just, like, she, a drop. She, she put, like, six to ten drops in there. Yeah, like, he's going to die. Like, we need to do this quickly, but he can... He has an extra half hour left on him, so... But but again, uh, daughter in no rush to get out. She's still, like, walking away. yeah. And this is the same night where the Freedom Fires are mounting their big assault on the compound. Yep. So she gets to she gets to the labyrinth. Uh, she sees Fawn. She's like, 
okay, look, here's here, here, here give, give me the baby. It's like, okay, so here's what in order to open the portal, you need to spill the blood of an innocent. Not a whole lot, just a drop. Yeah. Which I understand where she's coming from because I mean this is her brother first and foremost. Yeah. Second of all, I mean even if he just says a drop. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah, he looks menacing. So I, I get it, like mom mode like comes in for Ophelia to protect her brother. So obviously she doesn't want to hand her brother to yeah. Fawn because she doesn't know what's gonna happen. To yeah, him. she she doesn't know she just knows she's gonna like take it and like gut the yeah. baby. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but then we kind of get like an interesting like peek of how the world works because you know we see that Ophelia like we see the captain Ophelia from the captain's point of view, yeah, and she's like t- he's like talking to nobody, yeah, she's talking to herself. So it much. does bring yeah. questions of the housework, and we'll, and we'll go into that later on and the, yeah, after the review. Uh, but the captain just stone cold like the captain catches up again, slowest acting poison I've ever seen. Seriously, if you want. Yeah, don't use this poison to take somebody out quickly. You know what? I feel better, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, was I even poisoned? Was I even poisoned? <laughs> uh, so, but she gets it. She just stone cold, like, point blank, shoots Ophelia. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of, it, and if you call back to the beginning of the film, you recall that this is the scene that begins the film. Yeah, where she's, like, her, she's like, like ble- her laying down, she's like bleeding, bleeding out. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the the battle's over. the The army lost, and he's like, "Give me, give me, give me the kid." Cause we're not, we're not, we're not that evil. And we're yeah. just like, he's like, I, "I have one request. Tell, tell my son, tell my son what time his father died." It's like, no. It's like we're not gonna, we're not gonna tell him no. anything about you. He's not even to know that you were you. You weren't even like, you were a sperm donor. That's about it. And you, he might not even know that. <laughs> he was. He, he he was conceived by the force. We don't care. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not yes. gonna tell. Him, we're not gonna tell him the yes. dick about you. Yes. Uh, they the shoot, baby's force sensitive. They shoot him. They shoot him in the face. <laughs> among a, of all places. It's the prolonging of death, man. It's like yeah. shoot him in the head. Be done. Yeah, be done. Uh, but they they do that. But Ophelia's bleeding out. She's gonna die. Uh, uh-huh. but uh, the drops for blood go down to where that statue of her was at the at the bottom of the spiral staircase. Yeah, and we see that she's then carried off into what is the the kingdom of the of the underworld, and yeah, the because her, like, the the final test of hers was that she she decided to spill her own blood as opposed to spill the blood of the of an innocent. Yeah, so sacrificing herself for her brother. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, that was the story of Princess Princess Moana. She went on to rule. Uh, she went on to rule, but she went on to rule the underworld for several more decades until she, until she died, leaving clues to only those who could find it. Yeah. Or, or, or who were looking, or the, for those who could or who, the, see. Who could, who could see it, yeah, because the clues were there, like, sprinkled out. Yeah, vis- you know, visible to yeah. those who only knew where to look. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the end of Pan's Labyrinth. The interesting thing to talk about in this term of this movie is how much of this was actually real. Yeah. Because, yeah, because like the the shot of the shot of uh, her uh, talking to nobody from the captain's point of view does bring the question: like, was this all just in her head? Was this like her big coping mechanism? Yeah, I I could see where that would go too. But again, it would ha- some of this would have to be real because first yeah. of all, the mom the mom getting better and getting worse out of nowhere, her yeah. getting out of that room that was locked from the outside with the magic yeah, chalk. So- so I think it's real. To me, it's one of those things where it's like 
maybe if like the person's like bad or doesn't believe or something like that is like a non-believer or doesn't believe or like just you don't like almost you don't like see a, it like christmas-esque you don't see it you know like, what I mean? you like, like, like you the bell it. like the bell on the polar express like if you don't believe yeah, in santa you don't you're not you gonna hear the bell you don't hear it yeah 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 i think it's something like that so to me it's like i want to think that this is legit how it happened you know what i mean the fairy tale um, just because I think it's a more beautiful ending, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's reunited with, you know, uh, her her father and her mother again, and uh, they they can get because what wasn't her mother wasn't uh, her her mom on the on the throne too? She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's beautiful because like they're back together again. They're a family again. I, I think that's I think it's a beautiful ending. I agree. I'm more inclined to believe that this was all really happening, and the fact that like the yeah, I think was real. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like her, her dying in the mortal world was the last thing she needed to do in order to, you know, go back to go back to her real home. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, legit. I mean, obviously she dies, but I think it was the fact that she sacrificed herself for her brother so that she could take the place next to her parents at the th- on the uh, in the kingdom. So yeah, I, that, that's just kind of how I was with it too. But yeah, uh, final thoughts on Pan's Labyrinth, Russell. I mean, it's a terrific movie. I think this is one of. I think it's probably my favorite Del Toro film out of the ones that he has done. Um, just kind of what we talked about, the rich environment, the story, um, villainous, you know, the, you know, the captain, how, how, you know, villainous he is. Um, Doug Jones just being so like how he transports himself into different characters that really help bring out del Toro's world on the screen, which is, you know, absolutely fantastic. It's, it's a film that goes by rather quickly, even with the subtitles, um, but you feel everything. You understand again why the Spanish are kind of rebelling against, you know, uh, of the, you know, the, the military and stuff like that because they don't, you know, obviously just want something different for their lives. And it's like you get it, like you understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, it's just a fantastic film from from top to bottom. Honestly, it, it's like I said, it's one of my favorite Del Toro films. I just think everything about it, the acting. I think the girl that plays Ophelia in this film is absolutely terrific. I really think she should have got some Oscar love. And I wish, and I and it was kind of unfortunate. Like this movie actually got. I feel like this movie was w- one of those ones that kind of like uh, gained notoriety after the fact. It was, yeah. you know, what I mean, after the fact, it was out. That's unfortunate because. This movie's so terrific, and um, it just—I wish more people would have seen it when it came out. Yeah, I think it was. And maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think of the three, uh, the you know the the Toro, uh, the 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 Toro, uh, uh, Inuritu and Quran. I'm pretty sure he was the first nominated for an Oscar, but I think he was the last to win. Yeah, because uh, what Inuritu was first to win for. Uh, well, wait, wasn't he first to win for Birdman? Or uh, wait a minute. No, Quran was first to win. No, because he won for gra- yeah. Quran won for gravity. for gravity. That's right. And then, uh, Inuritu won for Birdman, and then that won Best Picture because remember, Gravity didn't win Best Picture. That was the year yeah. that uh, what the hell year was that? What won Best Picture for Gravity? That was Twelve, 12 Years a Slave. Oh, Twelve Years a Slave won. Okay, okay so yeah they, yeah, they they were both nominated. So Inuritu and um, uh. Del Toro both nominated this year. Yeah, because I remember Babel. Yeah, yeah. Babel, he got Best Director and Best Picture. But Del Toro yeah. was nominated for Best Screenplay for... Um, for uh, Best Original Screenplay for Pan's Labyrinth, the Best Foreign Film. The Screenplay one was huge. That was a huge nomination. Yeah. Because foreign films don't often I, get screenplay nominations. Did, did he win foreign film on that? He didn't, no. No, that's crazy. Yeah, he 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 didn't he didn't win an Oscar at all until Shape of Water. Until obviously until Shape of Water. That's crazy, man. That that's really crazy. But that just shows you how you know how stacked that. Then that 06, man. If if they would have broadened it out ten, 
nominees. This is back when they were doing five still. I think that they would have. Um, I, th- I think uh, Pan's Labyrinth easily would have been a uh, nomination for Best Picture. Oh, also, also, Inuritu was. Oh, I, oh, well, Pan's Labyrinth and also Children of Men. Children of Men definitely could have snuck in there. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's the other thing. That's why. You know, and that's the thing that really like grinds our gears when we talk about like obviously the Oscar nominations going from five to ten, and you not utilizing all ten spots. Like, just do it. You know. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't understand what's going on there. Oh, actually, you know, funny thing is, all of them were nominated in that year because Children of Men also got a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination. Jeez. Yeah. So this was, this was two thousand six was the the year of things that come. So we we uh, we should have seen the writings on the wall that these guys were going to be around for quite some time. That, yeah. That these dudes. Okay. Also, they were not. They were not. They. The tour was the last one nominated. So last one nominated. Last one to win. Hey, but they all got Goldman. That's all. I'm they honest. all got. They all got it eventually. Yeah, I mean, all great directors, obviously, yeah, but, you know. No, yeah, I agree. I think it's a fantastic film. Uh, this is this is also my favorite uh, Del Toro film. I think yeah. that I, I love this as a director. I think that it, whether or not I like it in the end, because there's something I, I'm not huge fans of, like, you know, I'm not big on um, Crim- Crimson Peak, but that's really it. Um, I think he's always doing something interesting. I think he always had, I like, do need to revisit Crimson Peak. I, I remember not liking it. Yeah, me neither. I, maybe I should revisit it, but... He's always doing something interesting. He's always trying something new. He's always doing something innovative. Something always like creatively unique, and at least like at the very least, pretty to look at. Oh yeah, he's constantly pushing the uh, boundaries for that. So yeah, in that sense. in that right, he's a he's a totally uh, modern visionary. He, absolutely, and again, I will absolutely look forward to anything and everything this dude does. I think that absolutely he's uh, I, he's the only reason looking forward to, to another Pinocchio movie <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was Pan's Labyrinth. So, what do you think about? What do you guys think about it? Um, uh, Russell, where can people find? Where can people find us? They can find us on Notorious by Chance on Facebook. That's where we put the polls up for you guys to vote. Uh, go ahead and head on over there. Uh, I think we pretty much called the the series already. But uh, yeah, just vote on whatever you know you, movies that we throw out, and uh, you can find us at Notorious by Chance on YouTube. Uh, Chance just put a new video on there. For the top five Star Wars characters, I think we're going to get back into doing stuff like that. Uh, I'm actually, with- I'm actually saying because we're not because we're uh, got set too late to do a Black History Month special. Our Black yeah. History Month special will be a top five this week. All right, so then there, there, there that goes. Then so we'll do that. Then uh, what day we, we trying to do that? Uh, that's going to be Thursday. Okay, if I can get in on it, I'll try to get in. on I've it. actually already got a panel locked. Thank you, though. I've already got a panel locked, though. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. If, I'll, if, uh, if, if, if someone, if I if I need a last minute, I will let you know. I appreciate it. But yeah, no, like I said, we're doing a lot of new content. You know, we're going to get some good stuff on there. We're going to get reviews on there and everything. So go ahead and follow us there. Our subscriber count grew up uh, a little bit since that live uh, that live thing that you did, which was really nice to see that go back up. Uh, I think 12 subscribers we net out off of that, oh, nice. which is great. Yeah. So we're going to put up some, you know, we're going to put up new content up. We're going to try to Hopefully, within a year year time, maybe we can get to the thousand uh, subscriber mark. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. But uh, yeah, you can find me Twitter, Twitter, Chance Wars underscore ninety one. I uh, have check find me in the Mutual Showdown. I got a great match coming up against uh, Brendan Meyer, who's a good friend of mine, but he's gonna go down. Let's just be, let's be real. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that and as well as uh, yeah, to the top five, we're doing uh, our Black History Month special is going to be a top five this week. Uh. And uh, lastly, uh, what's the last thing I want to plug? Oh, yeah. We have one poll going on for this week, and it's going to determine no polls in March because this is our second annual movie March. Because this is March Madness. This is the, 
This is your uh, baby here, man. This is, she turns two this year. She turns two years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, currently I was looking at the Hunger Games. We're gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna post a poll on Twitter. From, from now on, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put polls on Facebook and on Twitter. We're gonna combine the votes, see what the Just overall because, I mean, winner yeah. is. Because I feel like we can get more votes that way. I feel like we're usually between twenty and thirty votes on Facebook, which is fine. I mean, I'm I'm glad that fine. everybody that participates in it anyway. Because um, I know not everybody follow. I mean, the people that do follow the page may not see it. They may not, you know. And and that's kind of why I uh, share it on my personal uh, Facebook page, just so get other people to try to hit on it and see what they can do. But yeah, definitely uh, reach out to uh, Chance's Twitter uh, handle. And that's where he puts the uh, poll up too. So if you want to vote on something, you want to vote on something that you didn't vote for on Facebook, you want to vote for on Twitter to cancel it out. You can do that too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, Twitter's giving a chance for them to score ninety-one. And uh, yeah, next uh, we will see you next week for the beginning of Movie March. <laughs>